Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast and segment of Can We Talk. Today I am here with Sue Con-Taylor, founder of the Mental Fitness Company. We're going to chat all about developing our emotional literacy today, which is obviously vital to our development as people. So Sue, welcome. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you. Great to be here. Yay. No, so happy to have you here. Um, The first thing I thought we'd just jump into is tell us, I guess, the main purpose of the Mental Fitness Company and why you started it. Well, it's not quite a simple answer, (laughs) but um, I guess over time I've thought that the mental fitness company is now really an education and training company. Um, My byline is helping to make being human an easier job, and I think that really just summarizes what the training and the courses and all the speaking that I do is about. And really how that came about was... A very long time ago, um, I've always been fascinated in people. People, I just find them fascinating. Even as a child, I just used to observe people and go, why do people do those things? Why do people argue? Why do people get upset about these simple things? And that really took me on a, a, a really interesting journey over a lifetime of just wanting to understand people and why we do the things that we do and why we make life so complicated. But probably my biggest learning was when I was 19 and I was at university and I had come back home for a surprise weekend and I was travelling back to Palmerston North on my way home and was involved in a head-on car accident Mm. and almost died. Um, Wow. And uh, I had a severe head injury uh, and lost my short and my medium-term memory. Oh my God. And back then, even though I'm not a dinosaur, <laughs> uh, the rehabilitation was just shocking. And uh, the best I used to have was going to the doctor, and he used to hold up some playing cards like literally a pack of playing cards. And wow. he'd hold up one and put it down and say, Can you remember what that is? Uh, and if I was doing two or three, you'd be going, Great, you're making progress. So, um, yeah, what I really learned over that time, I, I decided I, it needed to be a different story because really I just saw my future disappearing. Uh, so I rehabilitated myself. And during that whole journey, I just learned so much about what it is to be human, uh, how we can make powerful changes in our life, um, and also just how incredible our minds are and our attitude uh, and mindset to actually changing our lives. Yeah, that's incredible. I really like that. I think it's something that no one focuses on as well, is how to just make being human a little bit easier. Yeah, we make it so complicated. It's so true. (laughs) Um, So on the topic of mental fitness, what actually is it and what do we need to, to have good mental fitness? So the interesting thing is, you know, mental fitness when I talk about it, people often relate it and just go, oh, that's mental illness, mental health. Mm. But for me, it's a lot more than that. Uh, It's a kind of a web of competencies. And I guess the good way to relate it is to physical fitness. And if you think about physical fitness, what it takes to become physically fit, 
And if you're not physically fit, if you try to climb a hill, then you'll feel that physical stress. So mental fitness is along the same lines, that if you are mentally fit, then life will be easier. But if you're not, then you're going to feel the struggles Mm. and the pain and the difficulties and not cope as well. So mental fitness for me, I base around four key pillars, uh, which is feeling fit, acting fit, seeing fit, and thinking fit. And I use those pillars in between two core parts, which are daily well-being activities, which actually help our fitness. And then the other side is the development of self, because mm. the world will not change for you unless you develop yourself. And it's a lifelong journey, but we all need to really look at ourselves and go, what do I need to develop about myself? And that's why I say it's a web of competencies, but mm. that is mental fitness. And do you know what's interesting is I feel like people now are so into the gym, so into working out, so into developing our physical fitness. And sure, like self-development and personal development is a thing and a buzzword, but how often are people really working on themselves in a deep level? Like not often, I feel. No, 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 not often at all. And it's normally only when people have some sort of crisis mm. or they get really stuck. So, you know, you see people who just say, oh, I just keep doing the same thing. My life doesn't change. Or, mm. you know, I keep getting stuck in relationships that aren't good for me. And we keep repeating these patterns. And it's only when we've had enough of that that we go, actually, what is it about myself that's yeah. not working? And that's what I always say to people. It's not about fixing ourselves. It's actually looking at what works for us and what doesn't work and Mm. the bits about ourselves that don't work are the areas that we can focus on and make change and sometimes it's so simple to make some small changes to get huge effects and outputs in our life yeah totally so how can people begin then to identify their emotional fitness downfalls or areas where they're going to need to actually start to do some development well emotions are interesting because they're such a huge part of being human Mm. and yet we get told a lot of messaging when we're younger that emotions are kind of negative um that we shouldn't express them that we shouldn't do this um you know males uh, in 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 the main part are told you know boys don't cry be tough take a concrete pill all of Mm. those sorts of things and yet emotions are such a strong part of being human So we um, need to, in our own minds, get comfortable with emotions and actually recognise they're a huge part of who we are. Um, Most people can only identify about six emotions. If I said to someone, tell me how many emotions you feel, and people will go, oh, happy, sad, angry. But actually, there's over 135 emotions. (laughs) And that, uh, in itself, is quite incredible. But emotions give us messaging, and that's the important thing. But to actually understand that uh, messaging and the emotions, we need to have that self-awareness to be able to go, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling like that? And what what is the message that I should get from that? Yeah, that's a big one, (laughs) self-awareness. I feel like often, especially when we're young, we sort of just do things and we don't want to think too much about why or you know, the deeper 
meaning of it. It's just sort of let's just do it and yeah, yeah. And and so you end up sort of what I say skimming across mm. the top of your life without actually digging deep. And yeah. that that for me is a big problem. That you know, for a lot of people in this crazy world now, which is so fast changing that we live in what I call the spam area or the external world and we've forgotten to actually really develop our internal, um, our foundation and build up from there. Mm, Completely. So how do we get started on managing those issues? Are there any practical steps we can take now if we're identifying some, say, emotions where we don't have as much control over them or it's affecting our life in a negative way? Yeah, absolutely. And and look, there's so many tools and resources that you can find online um, to actually help you grow that self-awareness because self-awareness is the basis of everything. Mm. It's having that ability to actually stop and go, well, okay, what just went on there? <laughs> and what am I really thinking and how do I feel about that? <clears throat> you know, I often say it's about peeling the onion. Mm. So, for example, if someone says something to you and you have that emotional reaction where you suddenly get angry then it's understanding what button has that pushed for me to get angry uh and that's what I talk about peeling the onion it's Mm. it's going back and back and saying okay they pushed my button and I got angry because I don't think that's true okay, why don't I think that's true and what are they really saying? What am I picking up? Um, Because often we interpret things incorrectly as well. Yeah, um, true. Because it's what we want to find. um, And it's about our past, our stories, our our triggers um, Mm. that actually, you know, bring that emotion forward. So starting is actually just noticing. It's, Mm. It's a huge part of just noticing how do I behave? What triggers me? Who pushes my buttons? Uh, what is that actually about? And what's my story behind it? Mm. So we could start by, I guess, even just taking a mental note of these different emotions that we feel in certain situations and then from that seek the resources to help us. Absolutely, because often we see patterns and if you start taking notice, you'll see patterns coming out mm. and then over even a month you can say that's really interesting I notice that every morning when I go to work for example I feel like this Uh, when it's Fridays I feel like this about the weekend Uh, when I'm with this person I always seem to get sad or Mm. I start berating myself and bringing myself down so it's noticing who you become and how you behave how your emotions Mm. get driven in situations and with certain people. Mm. So how do we begin to say seek those resources? So for example, if we notice that when we're around a certain person, we feel worse about ourselves. And so then I feel like the obvious thing to go to is, is oh, just cut them out. But it's not as easy <laughs> as doing that. No, it's not. And it doesn't mean that you should cut that person out because yeah. actually I always look at people in situations is the greatest learning opportunity that that person is helping you if you want to see something within yourself Mm. that's not working or 
is troubling or is emotional or is an a, trig- a trigger for you. So therefore, what a great opportunity to go, what is actually going on there for me? Yeah. And why do they make me feel like this? Yeah, that's a really good way to look yeah. at it. Yeah, so, you know, it, it doesn't mean you have to cut people out or cut situations out. It's actually a great learning opportunity mm. for you to actually examine it and maybe behave in a different way or think differently about it. Yeah, I like that because I think for me personally, I've always been that kind of person that can tend to get quite black and white around emotions. Like if I feel this way, it means this thing. Like if if I feel negative around someone, it means I shouldn't be in my life. But I think that's a good way to actually assess it because it's teaching something more about yourself as opposed to they're the one with the issue yeah. or, you know? Yeah. yeah, and we often uh, throw it out there and make it about the other person. Mm. But in actual fact, it's always coming back to us and what yeah. that actually means. Yeah. And it's not in a negative way. It's actually a great learning opportunity. And so coming to relationships, because I, our emotions will obviously always affect those around us um, and their emotions can affect us. So when it comes to relationships, what in your mind does a healthy relationship look like? Whether yeah, it's a friendship or a romantic relationship. From a pure human point of view, Every single human wants to be seen for who they are. Yeah. They want to be heard. They have a voice. And they want to know that they matter. And those are three fundamental things. It doesn't matter if it's a personal relationship, a love relationship, in a workplace. Those three core elements are so important to us all at a very deep level. Yeah. So you want to know in any relationship <clears throat> that you're in that you're seen, you're heard, and that you matter. Mm. And if you feel like one of those is actually missing, then it's understanding why. What are positive things that we should be trying to achieve for ourselves to implement into our relationships? Like, Are there some obvious things that we could look at to make our relationships better if we feel like we're not showing up the way we want to? Yeah, what I would say to anybody in any relationship is... If you have to be someone or something that is not you, Mm. then it's time to stop and go, why? Why do I have to feel I need to do this or behave differently or put a different face on? Um, Because the moment we're not who we truly are is where we start getting complicated. Mm. (laughs) Because... You know, I see it with all sorts of different clients and especially with parents. You know, you can have 50, 60-year-olds who become totally different again when they're with their parents and they don't show up as to who they are. Why? Because they don't want to disappoint them because they've always been in this certain way when they're with their parents. Um, We become different people with certain friends, So if you feel like you have to change to be with certain people, then it's a good time to actually understand why that is, because you're not being your real self, I suppose, your authentic self. Yeah. And that's when, as I say, the problems start for you, Mm. because who are you really? Exactly. That's the question (laughs) we're all trying to figure out. I think because a lot of young people as well can... Well, at least what I notice in my environment is that a lot of us feel like working out who we are and our purpose for life is this huge pressure that we yeah. just need to work <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. 
like now. Yep. Otherwise, we're never going to be happy. And no. <laughs> what would you say to people who feel like that? Oh, it is so common. And honestly, I get so many young people coming to me saying help. But mm. even at the very basic, I think if you can actually understand what some of your core values are and understanding even your core six values about what matter to you about your life is a really great way to live your life because yeah. your values are like a compass uh, and I would always suggest to people to start at that point you know trying to find your purpose in life um, it changes it changes so often mm. depending on the life cycle that you're in your purpose of when you're at school is different to when you might be 1920s uh, to when you're later in life because our life cycle keeps changing who we are and what we're about mm. so the most important thing is is coming back to what are the things that you enjoy what makes you happy you know what are the things that you like doing to make you happy on the inside not not in the outside mm. uh, but coming back to your values understand what your values are and actually looking short term as to what you want to achieve and having goals because a lot of young people that I work with just have no goals they don't know yeah. where they're going what they're doing what they want to achieve and you know a long time ago we used to say oh you know what's your 10 year goal and what do you want to be doing when you get 30 <laughs> and 40 and people go oh my god I don't even know what I'm doing you know no. three months from now what <laughs> yeah. do you mean in 10 years time so I always suggest to people just take it in snacks you know every quarter think about what you want to achieve in the next mm. three months what do you want to achieve by the end of the year and how how do you want your life to be because life is changing so fast that it's important to take those snacks all those bites because it becomes more motivational yes. and interesting and exciting to go that's where I'm heading yeah then going oh where do I need to be in five years time what's my career what's this what's that that is <laughs> Two so bigger true. questions. <laughs> yeah it's so overwhelming yeah yeah um and, and when we do have these issues maybe even like these emotional issues within our relationships or even within ourselves how do we identify the the point where we might need to seek professional help because this is becoming more of a mental health issue. Like how do we make that distinction between, okay, I can do this work on my own and, okay, I need someone else to help me or should we always seek someone else for help? Or Yeah, look, I, I, my personal opinion is when, when we're troubled by something or we need to understand something, seeking help is always great. Mm. It doesn't have to be paid help. It's just talking to other people and hearing different opinions and talking it out. Um, obviously with people who are positive, not people who are going to drag you down or turn it into something <laughs> yeah. even bigger. Um, conversations, talking about emotions, uh, how you're feeling, the things that are going on. There's a great saying, a problem shared is a problem halved. And I think there's so much truth in that in terms of just sharing. Mm. Where I think you do need to think, seek more professional help is when it is starting to affect your daily mental ability to get through the day. Mm. Um, it, it, it becomes what I often say a ball and chain where it's actually really holding you back. Yeah. Um, that you don't understand it, that you can't manage it, uh, 
that it starts affecting other areas of your life, then that's definitely time to seek help. But often people leave that way too long. Yeah. And the other thing, the longer we leave it, we often get really caught up in our head, in our mind, and we overthink things. So a little tip that I would say to a lot of people is when you are troubled by something, you know, in a relationship, emotions, actually write it down, mm. get it on a piece of paper. There's a re- really great psychological connection between what's in our head and getting it out on paper because it actually takes the power away from it. Right. Whereas, you you know, you probably know times where you've been troubled by things and you overthink and you wake up in the middle of the night Absolutely. and it goes round and yeah. And before you know it, you've turned something that's actually quite minor into yeah. something massive that totally. seems complicated and we've overstressed about it. Mm. So um, get it down on paper, really important, and look at it for what it really is. Mm. Um but as I say, if it's something that's really starting to affect, then yeah, definitely you need to seek help from someone who has a bit more knowledge who can help you uh, break it down. Yeah, cool. Because as a Gen Z, or Gen Z, and yeah. I know millennials sometimes get this rap too, sometimes we're called, you know, sensitive, um, <laughs> that, yeah, we've always got something to complain about. I've heard that a few times about the younger generations. What would you say to that statement? Like, are we sensitive and is resilience more important to younger generations now than before? I actually do, yeah. I think resilience, mental fitness for younger generations is even more important now. Why? Because the world that you are growing up in and developing in is changing so quick Mm. it's complex you know in my younger years life was so much simpler even from a career point of view you sort of went down a dozen different pathways of what you wanted to do and went from there you know you're you're in a place now where there are jobs being created that have never been invented until today um you have so much choice your connectivity, the high-speed information, the expectation is just all around you all the time. Mm. And I think that's only going to keep growing. So I totally understand where millennials, Gen Z, everybody is in this younger age group and the complexities that you find with it. And for me, I think... It's so important why schools should actually be teaching resilience, teaching emotional Couldn't agree um, more. Yeah, education, all of those sorts of things because you're in a different world now and you need that support and understanding. Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it can be for exactly that reason that it's everything's moving so fast it makes it so much harder to work out who you are because you've just got way too many options. (laughs) (laughs) And we're already overthinking as it is, and then you've got just 10 times the amount of stuff to overthink about. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I also think your generation has probably um, been affected by um, parenting of sort of helicopter parents mm, where you have so many more parents who are both working and parents then overcompensate for the fact that they feel they're not there for their kids. Right. Um, and I see this a lot where parents are running in supporting 
everywhere. I'll find you a job. I'll get you a car. Mm. You don't really have that life experience because your parents are kind of propping you up and providing everything. Mm. There's a lot to be said by living through experience that gives you confidence, that gives you uh, self-esteem, self-worth, the ability to actually manage and cope and do and live life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. And just to recap on, I guess, the more practical steps you were talking about before, the first piece is just around self-awareness and actually making sure we understand our own emotions probably. And a part of that, working out our values as well, I would say, and then going to seek out the resources to help us. Yeah, definitely. Um, Because once you know what your values are it will give you more of an idea of what matters to you and Mm. how how you live your life on a daily basis Uh, definitely creating some goals around what you want to achieve but don't think about the big picture of what's my career going to be for the rest of my life Um, will I own a house who am I going to be you know connected to all of these things where will I live it's it's taking it in snack um, size pieces that's actually more digestible it's more exciting it stimulates our brain to sort of know okay well if I can achieve that in 90 days then that's where I'll be in another six months or a, another year um, and most importantly having a really good network of people around you that you can talk and all ages too, you yeah. know, not just your own age because um, younger people than you, older people than you in all sorts of different areas. Uh, be curious. Mm. Don't, don't, um, don't make your life too small. Be curious about what's out there and curious what other people do and probably also be very curious about yourself. Yeah. You know, we're way too hard on ourselves at times, whereas I always, always say to people, be curious about yourself because it's a much more interesting place to be. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. It's so funny. I always say that there's two things that guests will always say um, when they talk about their life experiences or what they've learned. And one is take risks and the other is be curious. Mm-hmm. And it's a consistent theme that pops up. Yeah. So you heard it here again. <laughs> be curious. Yeah, be curious. Absolutely. Look, I see people take life way too seriously yeah um and I always remind people you know there's an element of understanding the development of yourself of having some sort of I call it a spiritual belief and that's not about religious but understanding the big picture of life Mm. you know we're not here to be miserable we're not here to work our butts off and you know be 65 and retired and worn out and exhausted we're here to experiment we're here to learn we're here to be happy, to actually live life, not mm. let life happen to us. Yeah, absolutely. And are there any resources or tools you can think of in the top of your head that we can seek out online to help us? I think um, probably the greatest place for inspiration are podcasts. You know, mm. I think there's such a wonderful way to listen into conversations, Um doesn't matter whether you're in the car walking whatever always learning something out of conversations that people are have, yeah. having just like you and I have had today yeah. yeah yeah um so many books out there you know I still think there's a great place for physical books mm. um to actually read digest make notes down the little side of the paper edges yeah um highlight stuff 
Do you have any specific books you've read that you really like? Oh my goodness, so many, so many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any off the top of my head? Oh, there's a great little book called um, About Happiness by a man called John Kehoe. Mm -hmm. And that is a really great one that makes you just understand what it is to be happy and to keep it simple and not Mm. overcomplicate life. Cool, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sue, for being here. I really appreciate your time. This has been so useful and will definitely open the eyes of a lot of the listeners. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. (laughs) All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project, and I'll catch you on the next one.